Hey guys, spoilers ahead. I'm Laura. And I'm Wes. And this is Breakdown from the Couch. This is the podcast where we watch movies that are available on streaming services and then try to break them down for you scene by scene. Yeah. Um, You can check us out on social media. Just search for Breakdown from the Couch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also check us out on ageofradio.org. You can find our episodes there as well as shop our sponsors. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to give us a review and message us with any movie suggestions you might have. Yep. So, uh, quick apologies. Um, we ended up skipping uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. Um, sorry about that, but life happens and yeah. stuff comes up. So. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah so We're kind of getting back on track now, but yeah. slowly but surely. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll. I'm sure we'll cover that one eventually, but... Um, for now, we're just going to kind of move on. And so this week, we're going to be covering Fatal Attraction. Yes. Another Love Gone Wrong <laughs> uh, movie. So um, do you have the synopsis for us? I do. Uh, this one comes from IMDb, as always. <laughs> A married man's one night stand comes back to haunt him when that lover begins to stalk him and his family. Yeah. <laughs> I feel Although it's not really a one night stand. Yeah, really. I mean, because this dude, like, I mean, it kind of went back for seconds. Yeah. Okay. So a two night stand. Yeah. It wasn't the thing of it was it wasn't like a full on like affair affair like where it goes on for a long period of time. Right. But all right. Well, you ready to just jump on in? Yep. All right. Cool. So we open up with pretty much, um, you know, it's like a New York City type. Uh, skyline type thing going on. Yeah. And uh, we're introduced real quick to the Gallagher family. And basically, it's a husband and wife, and they're trying to get ready for, like, this party. And um, let's see, the wife is, you know, trying to get ready in this kind of cramped, like, apartment. And, uh, you know, yeah. the the dad, played by, by uh, Michael Douglas, is... Um, in the other room and he's listening to uh, some law stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, he's a lawyer and I guess he's listening to like maybe a deposition. Yeah. Something. Lawyer stuff. Yeah. He's doing lawyer stuff. Yeah. He's laying on the couch listening to that with his headphones on. Right. And his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. His daughter is, you know, watching TV and stuff like that. Well, the phone rings, and so he gets up to answer it, and he stubs his toe. And it's one of their friends wanting to know what his wife is going to wear. Yeah. And so she yells from the bathroom that she's going to be wearing some black suit dress thing. Yeah. And so he tells her, and it's just this stupid conversation kind of, you know, back and forth about what they're, you know, going to wear. Right. (laughs) Well, she answers when he said, you know, what are you wearing? She said, my black suit. Yeah. And then he says to the lady on the other end of the phone, her black dress. Right. Which she did end up wearing a black dress to the party. So I don't understand. Like, does she not know what a suit is? (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) I mean, does she consider a dress a suit or what? I guess. (laughs) So, yeah, the babysitter shows up. And it's a very small part, but Jane Krakowski plays the babysitter. Right. Um, that's about all you see of her. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, now we're at the party, which is more important than them getting, you know, ready. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so now we're at this party, and it's supposed to be some sort of, um, 
like a, a book party. Yeah, it's like a big publicity thing, basically. Yeah. Because, like, the law firm that he works Dan for. works for, yeah, he is apparently, like, maybe some sort of... He, he works in some sort of legal capacity. Like, maybe he represents these authors in some way. Or, yeah, I don't know. But it's a great big giant office party, it seems like. And yeah. it's, like, unveiling this big new book that this guy's come out with. Right. And so, yeah, they're there, and uh, he runs across uh, one of his co-workers, and the co-worker is wearing a neck brace. Yeah. And he, you know, tells Dan, he's like, hey, he's like, I'm really sorry, you know, that we have this meeting tomorrow on Saturday, you know, but I really appreciate, you know, that you're going to be there. Right. And, you know, he's like, oh, you know, no problem or whatever. Well, his wife asks him, he's like, hey, what did he do to his neck? And he said, oh, he was having sex with his wife. And she's like, really? Yeah, which is like, what, how, what, what are you doing? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> And Standing so, on your head? needless to say, he was obviously kidding. Right. Because the other friend, he walked up, he's like, well, you should have seen his wife. They carried her out in a stretcher. Yeah. It's and like, the wife's oh, laugh. Ha, ha. like, oh, you guys are terrible. Yeah. It's like, whatever. So anyway, but he and his friend are just talking and they notice a beautiful woman. Yeah. Well, his friend makes some comment about. Like, oh, she's making eyes, or right. I can't remember what he says. She's, like, looking at me, or she's undressing me with her eyes, and he kind of gives her a look. And she gives, and she her, gives him, like, a go to, you know. Mm, go to hell look, yeah, look. and stuff. And yeah. he was like, you know, man, you know, if looks could kill type yep. of thing. Exactly. And so um, we see uh, Dan Gallagher, who's played by Michael Douglas, he goes to the bar to get some champagne for he and his wife, and she's sitting there having, and this woman is sitting there having a drink. Yep. And um, he kind of apologizes for his friend. Right. He's like, she she said something about his friend to the effect of like, you know, that he's desperate or she's not into that. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, he's harmless. He's yeah, just Jimmy's- insecure like all the rest of us. Yeah. Sort of. And so they introduce themselves, yeah. you know, he's like, I'm Dan Gallagher and I work for such and such law firm. Right. And she says that she's, her name is Alex Forrest mm-hmm. and um, she's like an editor or something for uh, this book place. Yeah. Yep. And they, they kind of get into this flirty small talk mm-hmm. now. It's not like overtly flirty, like, you know, like, hey, what are you doing later or whatever. Right. But they kind of start trading just little small flirty talk together yeah and uh then right about that time dan's wife walks by in the background yep and you know she's waving dan down like hey it's time to go which they've been there for like 10 seconds yeah i think this scene probably from beginning to end is somewhere between three to four minutes long yeah it's like what was the point of you know yeah. going to all that trouble to get dressed up and stuff if you're only going to be yeah, there for like five minutes in front minutes. of the mirror for like ever like <laughs> putting makeup on and rubbing stuff on her and right. stuff to smell good or whatever if that's all you were going to go there for you should have just threw on some nice slacks and nice you know right. shirt and then just headed out the door exactly. combed your hair real quick and <laughs> right left. Exactly. So anyway, they leave, and of course, there's kind of a lingering look between the two. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it cuts to, they go back home, and the wife is getting undressed in the bedroom. The husband is starting to as well, and he wants, kind of, yeah. Yeah, they both want to do it. 
Yeah. Obviously. But the dog has to be walked mm-hmm. first because the dog hasn't been out all day. Right. And so, so she, she points... tells him, hey, go walk the dog, but hurry back. Yeah. So, so he does. And by the time he comes back, he walks into the bedroom and his face drops. Yeah. And I, like, we were kind of joking. I was like, I bet she's asleep. Yeah. But the camera pans and there's a little girl yeah. in the bed with her. He and gets... her wife is just kind of smiling. Like, yeah. you know, sorry, it's just for one night. Yeah. It's like, dude, he got cock blocked. <laughs> No booty for him. Nope. And uh, so it cuts to the next morning now, and we see the the wife. We see Beth, Ellen, Helen or Ellen? Ellen. Ellen, the daughter, and mm-hmm. Dan. They're all leaving the apartment in a rush. Ellen and Dan, I mean, Ellen and Beth are going to the country because they're going to go look at a potential house that Beth wants Dan to, you know, they want to buy. Right. But Dan's kind of on the fence. He's like, yeah. no. But they're going to go look at it anyway, and while they're doing that, Dan is going to be at work. Yeah. he's got to go into work that morning. Yeah, he's got that meeting, that Saturday meeting that yeah. he has to go to. Exactly. So and he, you know, he sends them off. Yeah, says um, their goodbyes, and he's like, oh, I'll be fine. You you, you guys just go and have fun. Right. And uh, he goes into the office. Yep. And uh, he makes it in, and... Everybody is sitting there and, the you know, the boss is again apologizing for calling a Saturday meeting. Right. And he says, well, you know, you know, so-and-so couldn't make it in today, so I just asked Alex Forrest to sit in yeah. on this meeting. And uh, somebody makes a note, makes a comment about um, Dan, about the boss's neck brace. Right. And um, the secretary kind of... Kind of does a little shy little look down and I know. Thing. I kind of wonder what that was about. That made me think the same thing. Is like, I bet he got the neck brace doing some weird stuff with the, the secretary. Um, secretary. <laughs> Maybe. Never know. But right about that time, in walks Alex Forrest. Right. And immediately she locks eyes with Dan. He does the same. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, again, with the stupid chemistry with these two. Right. Um, they're sitting down, and there's another book coming out. It's a, a fiction novel um, about a woman who has an affair with a senator or congressman or something. Yeah. But the reason Dan is there is because he needs to be there for legal counsel because a senator is bringing... Um, I don't know if it's a lawsuit or what, but he's bringing some sort of allegation that a character in his, this novel is it's based on him. him, right? And so he needs to be there to try to find out if there's some way to prove that no, it's not. It's just a, a fictional character pulled right. out of the air, right? And Alex points out that she had spoken to the author, and although apparently this author has had did have sex with that particular person. Yep. She said that it's not at all based on him. Right. Apparently this author has had, you know, sex with a couple of different politicians. Yeah. Um, so but I guess it could be a combination of all maybe. of them. <laughs> but she, you know, and um, I'm sorry, Dan is asking like, well, do you actually believe that? Right. And she's like, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's, there's a moment like where he's eating a bagel and he gets some cream cheese under his nose and so she's pointing yeah, she's it like, out. You got something in your nose. Yeah. And he's like smiling sheepishly and wipes it off. Right. It's like it, <laughs> bad decisions, just like with the movie Unfaithful. Yep. Bad decisions on both parties, especially his. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, dude. Just wipe it off your nose and go, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, right. And so, you know, at that point, the meeting ends. We never really do find out if that book ever, you know, got the okay. No, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that is like kind of like mentioned, Mm -hmm. but we don't see a whole lot or hear anything about later on. Right. Like later on in this movie, we meet um, Dan's boss, who actually was Herman Munster. I know. And the Munsters. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he's he's the main guy with this firm, and he wants to have lunch with Dan. Right. Well, we well, never see them have lunch. We never really find out, I don't think, of what came of that lunch. Yeah. I suspect something, but I'm not sure. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, the meeting ends, and, you know, he goes to leave, and it's raining outside. And so, yep. it's showing him outside struggling with his umbrella. Yeah, like, and- he should have been doing that inside for one. Anyway. <laughs> right? And so, yeah, he's struggling, and Alex notices, you know, that he's uh, struggling. And so she, you know, comes over and asks, like, oh, was that made in Taiwan? And he's like, yeah, probably. And so um, they try to get a taxi cab. Yep. And, of course, no, you know, no taxi is apparently available. Yeah. Well, there was one with their sign on, like, that was for hire, but Mm -hmm. it didn't stop. It didn't stop. So... I'm kind of noticing a thing with this uh, director and his movies about unfaithful people. I know. Well... Apparently, taxis are, like, the... uh, The protagonist in these films. Right. We'll talk more about that, you know, like later yes. for facts and stuff. Um, so anyway, so yeah, they can't get a taxi. So they end up, you know, running into a restaurant instead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they're sitting there eating their meal and, you know, just kind of chatting. Yeah, it's kind of... At first, it's just kind of instant talk. Yeah. You know, they're just talking about each other's... Um, their work and, and things that just just... Small talk, basically. Right. But it, of course, evolves into flirting yeah. at some point where she she just, she just comes out and asks Dan, like, are you a discreet man? Right. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm discreet. And she's like, good, I am too. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, she even, he even asks her, like, um, he basically asks her if they're going to go home together. Yeah. Go, go to bed together. Right. And uh, she's like, I don't know, you know, we'll have to see. Yep. It's I haven't up to you or something. Yeah. I think she actually said that she hadn't decided yet. Oh, she hasn't decided yet. That's yep. right. And so she's kind of talking about how, well, you know, we're both adults. Yeah. Um, we're both alone tonight. But, you know, he's married. But right. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, after they trade um, some very obvious flirting yeah. for a bit. It cuts, and now they are up in her apartment. They, it's, so this director's the same director that, that did Unfaithful. Unfaithful. Yep. And I Googled him, um, and he did <laughs> a lot of other stuff. I noticed he kind of has a... He does. So, this scene, again, we won't go into great detail, but this scene is just, it's weird. So at one point, like, he's got her... Well, we can go into it. It's really not that big of a thing. So they're basically banging up against a sink. Yeah, and she but she turns a faucet on. Yeah, she and turns... she starts, like, splashing water on her face like it's going to be sexy or something. Right, and, and splashing on And then she starts splashing his. it on him and on her shirt and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that's just weird to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, 
But then they get up from there, and he's, like, carrying her to the bedroom. Right. And all the while somehow managing not to drop her on the floor during <laughs> yeah. the scene while he's trying to kick his pants and stuff off exactly. of his ankles. I was pretty impressed with that, actually, because yeah. it was like, wow, okay. That's, that takes some coordination there. Right. And they, they make it to the bedroom. And then we see some time has gone by. Yeah. you. It, it was daytime when they initiated this mm-hmm. whole thing. But now it's nighttime. Right. All you see is basically once they get to the bedroom, it kind of fades. And then you see the ceiling and the ceiling fan. And you see lights running across the ceiling like car lights are driving by. Right. And they're both laying in bed out of breath like they both just, you know, just finished doing their deal. And all I can think of is, like, that was probably a good mm, at least four-hour ordeal. Right. So if they got out of work, and it was a normal work day, even though it was Saturday, and they got out at five or so. Yeah. Then they went to have dinner. That means they probably would have made it back to her apartment around... Seven, eight. Yeah, 6.30 or 7.30, somewhere in there. It was still daylight, so it wouldn't have been too late. Yeah. And now it's nighttime. So we'll say from 6.30 till maybe 10. Because mm-hmm. then they go to this Latin nightclub after. Yeah. So she she even asks them. So, like, they're laying there. They're breathing all heavy and everything. Yeah, she's like, you got any energy left? And he's like, well, what do you want to do? Yeah. And next scene is, yeah, they're at a Latin, you know, dance club living it up and stuff. Right, which, which is, that's, that's their hearts thing. are going to explode. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, that's this what, is too much physical activity. Yeah, it's like, Even that's the last thing I want to do. Even like, teens or 20s, you Right. Know? And so the next scene is just, they're dancing, they're having a good time, and yeah. um, they end up leaving, and... I don't know anything about New York. I'm assuming she lives in, like, the meatpacking district. Yeah, because there is a meatpacking plant, like, right across (laughs) from her apartment. I bet that smells nice. Oh, yeah, because they had, like, they had barrel fires going. I'm not quite sure what they were for. Yeah. But there were just barrels randomly in the street packing area just on fire. Right. And, but they're, they're barely limping it on home, uh, back to her place. And he makes, you know, he's like, I need to get a cab. I got to get back home. But she drags him inside her apartment. Yep. And well, they go for one more round in the elevator. Now. Yeah. So that's just it. So the elevator is going up. They start going at it. Yeah. I think she even asked, like, you know, have you ever done it in an elevator? And he's like, no. Yeah. And so they're going at it. She actually stops the elevator kind of in between floors. Yep. And she... You know, it it's implied that she's um, giving him something. Right, right. Um, you know, which is uh, just, they missed a real opportunity, for a soundtrack opportunity. Loving like. an elevator. <laughs> they really, they, <laughs> they, they really missed that, I feel like. I wonder if that was even, I can look it up while we're still talking, but I kind of wonder if that was even Who around. Was that? was that Aerosmith? It was Aerosmith. Okay. I'm going to. Well, while we're still talking, I'm going to look that up because I'm kind of curious if that song was even around. Gotcha. Yeah, so they finish that in the elevator and they end up making it back to her apartment and they're walking up the stairs. I don't know why they walked up the stairs. They had the elevator, but they're walking upstairs <laughs> and they. she apparently keeps the key to her apartment on top of this electrical box on the wall in front of her door. She reaches up, grabs that key, which comes into play again later. And she opens up the door to her apartment, and I guess he's, like, so, like, 
love struck or whatever by her. He just blindly follows her in. Yeah. And there they are inside her apartment, and it cuts to the next morning. Real quick. Yeah. Love in an Elevator was released in 1989, so this no, movie was 87, yeah. Maybe this film was the inspiration for that song. Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah. Huh. Cool. And uh, But it's the next morning, and he's making the walk of shame back home. Yeah, he is. All you see is it's the crack of dawn, and he's just slowly walking back to his house, and he makes it home. And the dog is there all alone. Probably hasn't eaten all day yesterday. Well, he definitely hasn't been out to go potty. So he's probably got an accident somewhere in that apartment. (laughs) Probably. And he goes to play the um, answering machine that they have. And there's one message left by his wife who had called the night previous and told him that, well, I'm going to bed soon. Just give me a call in the morning when you get up. Right. So then he goes, hops in the shower, cleans up, and then he goes to call the wife. And, you know, first he's kind of talking to his mother-in-law, you know, oh, yeah, how are things going? Oh, they're doing great. How are you? Right. And the wife takes the phone. And the wife is, like, really kind of, you know, well, first she kind of asks, like, where were you last night? Right. And he's so obvious lying because he's struggling to find (laughs) who he was out with. Right. He's like, oh, um, I was just out having dinner with uh, Bill. Yeah, yeah, Bill. Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, how's Bill doing? Well, he's, uh, you know, he's Bill. Yeah. Why didn't she That's just... That's like an obvious lie. Well, it's like, why didn't she just say, like, your your normal friends? Yeah. You know? Yeah, who was Bill? His boss or something, I think? I Not his boss, but the one guy with the neck brace on his neck. I don't even know. I would have said the one friend that they always hang out with. Yeah, the guy they play bowling with. Although, in the end, though, if she ever, at, you know, brought up dinner, he'd be like, huh? And then your cover would be blown. But mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, so from there, she starts telling him about this uh, place in the country. And she's she's fallen in love with it. Yeah, she And is. she's like, you know, hey, you know, um, your daughter wants a rabbit now, too. And he's like, no. He's like, you know, it's already a zoo here. And it's yeah. kind of funny because the dog kind of looks up at him. It's like, yeah, you've got a dog. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. Yeah, calm down. We have two dogs. <laughs> right? Well, we don't have... Some people have more animals than we do. Right. But we got two doggos. Two big doggos. Yeah. They're good dogs. They just... They're loud. They're very loud sometimes. From there, she she kind of... She tells him, hey, look, you really need to come out and see this place. And he agrees. He's like, yeah, okay. Well, I'll come out there and see it on such and such day with you guys. Right. And he's like, when are y'all coming home? And she's like, well, I don't want to come home. Um, I think she says something about today because of traffic or something. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'll just see you tomorrow after you get home from work. Right. And uh, so he hangs up the phone. And, like, almost immediately the phone rings again. And he picks it up thinking maybe it's going to be his wife again. Something she forgot. Right. But it's Alex. Yep. And, you know, the look on his face is kind of like, how did you get my number, basically? Yeah. And uh, she's telling him, hey, you know, you left without saying goodbye. You know, I thought we had such a great time. It's like, yeah, it was a one night stand, bitch. Yeah. And he's like, well, I wrote a note. And she reaches over a nightstand. There's a note there. And she's like, oh, yeah, I see it now. That's very sweet. Mm -hmm. And so she starts, you know, saying, well, but I thought we were going to spend the day together today. 
And he's like, well, but, you know, I've got this to do, that yeah, to do, the dog hasn't been out. And, and she's like, oh, she's like, well, bring the dog, and I love to cook. Yeah, I love to cook, clearly. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that later. <laughs> oh, yes, we will. Eventually, she just, she won't relent. No. But he does have all the power in the world to say, look, no. Yeah. No. I should have said no before, but I'm going to say no now. N- no. But but he, he doesn't. He He's doesn't. like, well, you know, you just don't give up, do you? <laughs> and he leaves with the dog. And next scene you see, they're both in the park running around with the dog. The poor dog looks... a fun time. Well, the poor dog looks like he's about to die. That dog does not look like he <laughs> likes running very much. No, it's like, I'm a New Yorker dog. I walk, I do not run. He looks like me. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm at work or really anywhere, there's one speed with me and it's yep. walking. Yep. If I'm running, it's going to be in a short burst. Right. If I'm going to walk fast, it's going to look also very awkward and also be in a short burst. <laughs> nice. <laughs> But yeah, so they're running around with the dog and everything. And at one point, he actually, it looks like he collapses. Correct. Um, yeah, Dan or whatever. It looks like he collapses. Yes. So Alex kind of freaks out. She runs over there. You know, Dan, Dan, are you okay? And he kind of pops up and he's, you know, laughing. And he's like, just kidding. Just kidding. You should see the look on your face. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, she's like, that's not funny. She's like, my dad, you know, died from a heart attack right in front of me whenever I was seven. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's like, really? And she's like, no, he's fine. He, he you know, he's living in uh, Tucson or whatever. Yeah. And he looks at her and he says, well, you know, I guess I deserve that one. And yeah. Ha ha ha. Yep. Um, and it cuts from that to um, they're back at her place. And she's going to start getting ready to cook some spaghetti. She's got the spaghetti noodles boiling. Yeah. And he makes the comment of like, Mmm, that smells good. <laughs> it's noodles and water, dude. I know, right? It does not special. smell like anything but noodles and water. The only thing that smells good about spaghetti it's is when sauce. you're cooking the sauce. Yep. You know, because of the herbs and yada, yada, yada. But, like, the only reason he says this about her spaghetti is because it's not his wife's spaghetti. I know. Like... Because his wife, whenever they were talking on the phone, the wife had mentioned, she's like, oh, you know, I love some spaghetti in there for you to have yeah. later. Yeah. And so, yeah, now instead of eating his wife's spaghetti, he's going to eat his mistress's spaghetti. Extramarital spaghetti. Extramarital spaghetti. Bastard. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. I just cussed. Yes. So while she's cooking and getting some uh, dinner, I guess, ready for them both, he's got an opera playing. Yeah, it's um, Madame Bovary. Okay, yes. Yeah. And uh, she's asking him all about it, and he's telling her this story about how when he was a kid, he went to go see that opera with his... Dad. Dad, yeah. And he said that there's this one point in particular, and... That when it happened, that even he was a kid, it made him crawl underneath the seat or something. Oh, God. And it's like, man. But, you know, she's just intrigued by that, you know. She's storing every little thing he says Mm -hmm. in her mind, basically, as ammo for later. Right. And so now, you know, after, after they've kind of discussed the opera and they've got it playing and she's just enamored by it, they've got the, uh, dinner already. And... You know, you see the dog is looking out the window, eyeballing the birds, <laughs> and then you see them both sitting down at the dinner table. And uh, 
they're sitting there eating dinner and they're talking over the food. And she makes the remark that she's kind of bummed that he's married. Yeah. She's like, why are all the good guys married? Yeah. And he's like, well, the only reason you're, you know, bummed about that is because you know you can't have them. Right. You know, I'm taken and you can't have me, basically. Well, and this is where she, you know, finds out that not only is he married, but he has a daughter. So this should have been, if nothing else did it, this should have been the moment that snapped him. Right. She asks, how long have you been married? Right. His response, nine Nine years. Then she asks if they have a child, and he says, yes, one daughter. That alone (laughs) should have been what clicked in his mind. I am throwing away a nine-year marriage and a daughter. Yep. All because I wanted something on the side. I know. One time. I know. Stupid moron. I know. (laughs) Yeah. I just get so angry about movies like this. I know. Uh... All right, so back to it. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're talking about that, and she is kind of saying, you well, know, that she's, you know, she's really kind of falling for him. And he's like, look, you know, this is just a one-time fling. Yeah. He's like, you know, we, we were both adults. We saw an opportunity, and we took it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, is that really all, you know, that this is to you? You know, uh, you don't, you know. You don't think about me, you don't, whatever. Right. It's just, it's very clear by the way this conversation is heading. He thinks absolutely nothing of what's happened. Oh, yeah, for sure. He actually doesn't see anything wrong with it. He called it an opportunity to take advantage of. Yeah. And she is actually falling in love. Right. Um, Or at least she thinks she is. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we cut from after dinner. We go later that night and we see them in bed. They're both naked. Yep. So they, they must have done something. Yeah, then. exactly. And then he gets up and he's like, oh, shoot, you know, I got to go. Yeah. I have to go home and start getting ready. And she's like, well, but you, your wife's not home yeah. until tomorrow night. He's like, yes, but I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do all this stuff before right. she gets there. And. This kind of sets her off. Oh, yeah. Big time. She It kind of pushes her over the edge. And she's like, you know what? If you um, if you have to go, then go. But don't make excuses. Because he's saying, like, you know, you're a nice girl. Yeah. I really like you. You're very pretty. But we can't be together. I'm married. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And she says, look, don't make excuses. If, if you just don't want to see me anymore, tell me to F off. Yeah. And that's and that's what exactly what he says. He's like, fuck off. Yeah. And then at that point, she obviously gets upset and she literally kicks him out of bed. Yep. Screaming at him. Get out. Get yep. out. You know. And so he... You know, he gets up and he starts putting his shirt on. And then she kind of has a um, a moment where she kind of freaks out again. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you know, no, 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 stay. And she, like, grabs him. She sits up out of bed and grabs him and starts ripping his shirt off. Right. To try to get him to come to bed again. Which... I feel like the buttons were ripped off, so what did he... Yeah, that shirt would have been useless now. Yeah. He, he would have had to throw that shirt away and buy a new one. Exactly. Or, you know, have how... a tailor sew the buttons back on if the shirt wasn't ripped. Because it's like, yeah, <laughs> how, how would you end up explaining that to the wife? Right? What, what happened? happened to your shirt? Um, office accident. <laughs> yeah. With what? The yeah. letter opener or Ex- what? Exactly. <laughs> but... And uh, so he... But eventually he does, you know, get out, he leaves, or he's going to leave. Yeah, he's about to. He goes to to get the dog, and you hear her in the background behind him. Her mood, her demeanor, her voice is totally changed. She, yeah, her hands are kind of, like, behind her, Mm -hmm. and she's like, you know what? She's like, let's just be friends. Yeah, she's like, I'm really sorry, you know, let's just... 
you know, and so he like walks up to her and he's like, you know, I'm sorry too. It's okay. And the dude sends mixed signals all he does. over the place. He really he, like, does. He leans in and he like grabs her and they go into hug and then they start kissing. And then you see like there's blood on his face. Yeah, all hands. over his face. And so he pulls away from her and looks at her hands and you can tell where she had slit her wrist. Right. And so, of course, you know, they're both freaking out. Yep. And, you know, he takes her wrists and he, you know, puts, the, you know, the water on and right. shoves them there. And he's trying to... Rinses them out and stuff, I guess, if there's, like, dirt or whatever I in there. Know. And then he, like, takes some, like, a makeshift, I guess, wrap or yeah. something to, like, yeah. tie her wrists and her arms to, like, hopefully stop the bleeding and stuff. Right. And, um... It's like, instead of taking her to the hospital, though... Exactly. So, this... It's very clear what is wrong with this woman. Right. She has got some sort of mental... Illness. Illness. Yeah. And she needs help. Yeah. She needs either in the form of meds or the form of therapy. She yep. needs She needs help, and it's going to take a long time for mm-hmm. her to get better. Right. And even it being the 1980s is not an excuse. I because know. people knew these kind of mental illnesses were around. Oh, yeah. They didn't know as much as they do now. Right. But they knew about them. Yep. But nobody calls the hospital. Nobody. All he says, you know, is that he wants her to see a doctor. Yeah. But um, anywho, it works. This is a big manipulation thing on her part, basically. Oh, for sure. Because it works. He stays with her all night long and monitors her and does takes it, care of her. Well, doesn't he also call his wife from her phone? He does. He yeah. calls her from her phone and kind of covers his tracks. Acts as if he's calling from their apartment, which worked back then because well, yeah. they didn't have caller ID. Exactly. So he calls her and it's like, oh, did, did you try calling me? Oh, no, I was in the shower and I thought I heard the phone ring. How are you doing? You know, has this little innocent little conversation mm-hmm. back and forth to try to establish I'm at the apartment I'm not somewhere I'm not supposed to be right <laughs> um, and you see that Alex is laying in bed and she's got her wrists bandaged up and tied up and she's pretending to kind of she's pretending to be asleep right she's laying in bed and she's got her eyes open and listening to the conversation and then whenever he finishes the conversation is going to hang up the phone she closes her eyes mm-hmm. and pretends to be asleep and so he tends to her all night long and the next night next thing we see with them is it's the um uh, morning time yeah that's whenever he has the conversation with her about, you know, you need to go see your doctor. You need to about, go, exactly. You, know, you need to see about doctor. what happened. I want you to get better, you know, and she's apologizing and he's like, it's okay, you know, just get better, you know. Um, I think he even calls her like Hun or Honey or yeah, some sort of like, name. Yeah, exactly. Mixed signals. Yes, this, like, bad decisions on everybody's part. Yeah. His part and even her part, too. So, he he, leaves her place. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, he leaves her place and he heads back home. Because it's like, oh shit, now I got to make it look like I was here. Right, so he jumps in the bed and he like flails around in the bed, like messing up the the comforter and the sheets and everything. Right, and then he opens up the fridge and realizes like, oh crap, that pot, that spaghetti's in there. Right, his marital spaghetti. His marital. perfectly moral (laughs) Just fine spaghetti that he should have loved yes. very, very much, but he didn't appreciate. 
He did not appreciate it <laughs> yes. until he realized it was almost gone. Exactly. going to leave him. <laughs> exactly. So instead he feeds that moral spaghetti to the doggo. Yes. So. Yes, that's. That's actually, you know, now that you mention it, that is kind of a uh, a picture of, like, what he's doing with his marriage. It is. He's just taking it and carelessly throwing it to the dogs, yeah, basically. pretty much. So, I'm not much on, like, I'm not, like, a symbolism kind of guy. I don't have that kind of, <laughs> my brain doesn't work like that. It's right. not very abstract. So, for me to think of something like that is actually something. I know, right? <laughs> and so, he leaves from... He leaves from home after he's done all his, you know, covering his tracks and stuff and feeding the spaghetti to the dog. He goes to work. And he's at work pretty early because the secretary walks in and sees that he's there. He's kind of, She's yeah. kind of surprised. She's like, what are you doing here? It's 8 a.m. Yeah. Which I guess they're, you know, normal hours <laughs> are 9. I guess. And, you know, he's got papers all over the desk. And he's like, look, I've got a lot of catching up to do. There's a lot of work. I'm really behind. I need you to do this, this, and this. Right. And then he kind of looks at the secretary, and he's like, you know, sorry, good morning. Yeah. You know, and she she walks away kind of smiling, you know. We cut from there, just goes right back to home in that evening. Mm-hmm. And the wife has come home. Yeah. With the daughter. He's, like, overly joyed to see her. Like, overly right. joyed. And he's like, you know, oh, I've missed you so much. And she's like, you're lying. He's like, no, no, I'm not lying. <laughs> and... uh He's just laying it on, like, super, super thick. Like, he's mm-hmm. either really genuinely missed her or he's he's well, compensating for what he did wrong he knew right. he shouldn't do. Which, and in his case, he's that one. Exactly. And so now it's at the dinner table, and the daughter is showing them these card tricks that her grandfather showed him. And she's really bad at it. She really I is. mean, she's sick, But so. the actress is pretty... I, you gotta admit, though, this actress is pretty kind of good at being a cute little kid, though. Yeah, she is. So... Well, the end is she is a kid, so I guess she would be really good at it. So, <laughs> so anywho, um, she's showing them these card tricks, and the then she kind of drops the bomb that, you know, the wife drops the bomb like, oh, yeah, and, you know, there's, you know, there's room for a rabbit on this property. Right. And the daughter's like, yeah, I want a rabbit. And the, <laughs> the Dan, he's like, oh, no, she said the R word. Yeah. You know, kind of goofing around with the daughter. Right. And the wife asks him, like, hey, so when do you want to come out and see this place? It's really nice. Yeah. And he's like, well, let's do it tomorrow morning. Yep. I can just go into work late. It's fine. Yep. And so the scene cuts from there. And next thing we see is this house drive, this house driving, yeah. this car driving yeah. through this countryside. And they're going to see this house. The realtor's there showing it to him. Talking about how great the schools yeah. are. She's like, oh, the high schools are great around here. My own kids went to them. They're, you'll love it. Right. And uh, so now the Beth and Dan kind of go off on their own little trip around the house. Mm-hmm. And he is sold on this place as yeah. soon as they reach the third floor. Yep. Which turns out is like a finished attic, I guess. Right. But it, he's like, this is perfect. This is my den. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, I mean, it's basically got the green light on him. Right. And so, you know, the wife is just absolutely overjoyed. Yeah. Know? She's like, this is great. We can have painting parties. We can, <laughs> you know, we can do all this stuff. And she's excited. And it cuts from there to the office. And now we're getting to business again. Yep. He's back in the office, it's the afternoon, and he's talking to his secretary about the things that he's got going on in that day, and there's Alex standing there. Yeah. Not standing, sitting there. Right. She's an appointment. Mm-hmm. And he's just shocked. He doesn't like seeing her in his business. Right. She's stalking him, basically. Yeah. 
So he's like, you know, she's like, well, I hope this isn't a bad time. I hope I'm not intruding. And he reluctantly says, no, it's fine. Let's go to my office and talk. Right. And so. so Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. No. So this is where she apologizes. And she's like, you know, I am very sorry about last night. I shouldn't have put you through all that. Right. And so, you know, I hope, you know, hopefully you uh, can forgive me. Yep. And, you know, he, of course, is like, oh, you know, it's it's fine, you know, just, um, you know, it's okay. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's fine. Nothing really happened, which, except something did happen. Like, yeah. you had sex with her, like, two nights in a row. And then she slid her wrist, and then she, but, yeah, you know, whatever. Because she was, like, super depressed and yeah. pissed that you were leaving. Right. <laughs> And so, but this is where she tells him, she's like, you know, I've got two tickets to go see Madame Bovary and I'd love it if, you know, we could go yeah. uh, together. And he tells her, you know, like, no, he's like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Exactly. Pretty much. I really shouldn't. It's not appropriate. We right. just need to end this now, basically, is what yeah. I'm saying. But from there, they kind of, they start to have their goodbyes. Mm-hmm. And it starts kind of almost like he's letting her go. You know, telling her goodbye for good, basically. Right. But like you're saying about him sending mixed signals, he walks up to her and goes to hug her goodbye and like gives her like a good tight squeeze. Mm-hmm. And the look on her face is like, you know, relief, you know, like almost like she thinks he's back in love with her, basically. Right. And then he kisses her on the cheek. Yep. And they leave it with, you know, well, goodbye, you know, maybe I'll see you again or some nonsense like that. <laughs> And then we go to this uh, combination of two different scenes right. and they go back and forth. And so it's the the one scene is her in her apartment. You see the Madame Bovary tickets are sitting there. Yep. And she's literally just sitting there next to a lamp, flicking it on and off, right. on and off, and just looking really like depressed and sad. Yep. And so it goes from that scene to him and he's out bowling with, you know, his wife and their couple friend. You know, just living his best life or whatever. Oh, yeah. They're having fun. Mm -hmm. And I guess they're doing, like, um, boys against girls, basically. Yeah, I don't know. You know, because, you know, he's, like, all high-fiving his buddy and stuff. Right. and, And they're having fun. And like you said, she's depressed, angry, sad the whole nine. Yeah. Because I can only imagine, for one, those tickets were probably not cheap. <laughs> That's true. Probably um, not. I, I don't know how much tickets run for an opera, but I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, And so it cuts uh, to the next day, and we now we see that Dan is walking and talking with his boss, played by Fred Quinn. Yep. And uh, Herman Munster. <laughs> and uh, he's he's kind of talking to his boss about the house they're thinking of buying. And the boss is talking to him, like getting some details and congratulating him. Right. And then the boss is he's like, hey, you know, so, you know, do you want to have lunch with me um, next Tuesday? Yeah. And Dan is like, well, you know, I think so. But let me check my diary and, and yeah. see if I'm open. <laughs> and it's kind of interesting. I didn't I've never heard that called that before i've right. always heard it called like planner. let me check my planner yeah. let me check my calendar right but he says let me check my diary and he walks in where his secretary is to look in his diary to see what his schedule events will be yep and she's on the phone with alex who yeah. apparently has been calling non-stop yeah. because the secretary says yes i know i told you that he would uh be in later but I don't know when he will be back. Or, yep. you know. So it's like, God only knows how many times she's called. Oh, gosh. The secretary looks stent. Yeah. And so Dan, you know, was like, is that Alex? And she's like, yes. He's like, 
He's like, did you tell her that I would be back later? And she's like, yes. And he says, well, put her through to my office then. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to his boss and he's like, Tuesday would be great. Right. And um, then he goes to his office alone and picks up the phone and just immediately starts ripping into Alex. Yeah. Like, what is your problem? Why are you calling me here? I didn't think we were going to see each other anymore, talk to each other anymore. Yep. And uh, she's, you know, pleading her case as usual, just kind of like, you know, oh, we have something together. But, you know, he says, you know, look, I'm sorry if I sent you mixed signals, but we are done. This, yeah. You know, no more. And don't call me anymore and hangs up the phone. Right. And uh, tells his secretary, if she calls back again, you know, tell her, you know, I'm not here. Mm-hmm. So it cuts to later that night. And we see the wife is getting ready again for yet another sort of dinner party thing. Yeah. She's putting makeup on and it's real up close shots, you know, putting it on her lips and her face. (laughs) And she's rubbing some, I don't know if it's like lotion or something. It's rubbing it on her chest and stuff. And he's like all looking at her all. Yeah, he wants to get it in. Yeah. And he like walks up real close behind her and starts kissing her neck and, you know, touching her and stuff. And. And just about that time, the doorbell rings. Right. And uh, like, why would you, you know, try to have <laughs> any sort of romantic time? Yeah, when you know somebody's coming. Yeah, you know, there's a dinner party thing going on. Right. The the friends have showed up. Now it's their dinner party, and they're all downstairs and they're they're laughing. They're having a good time, and this is kind of where I get my theory that maybe he's already had his dinner. His lunch date with his boss. Maybe. Because they say something about, like, here's to um, he names such and off, such. Yeah. He, yeah, he names off, like, some, like, law firm. Yeah, law firm of... So, and names off all the last names of everybody who's at that table. And then he says and Gallagher. Gallagher is the last yep. one. Which makes me wonder, like, okay, were maybe they he became, partners? Maybe. Or have they started their own firm or something? It's po- maybe they just, yeah, became partners. Yeah. And so, I don't know. you know, they're all clinking glasses together and... And this is where Dan makes the announcement that he's they've purchased this house in the countryside. Yep. And they're going to be moving as soon as they possibly can. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody's congratulating him on, you know, a good, you know, great deal. And um, they're just kind of, you know, having fun. And then the phone rings. Yeah. And the wife gets up, answers it, but there's no and no person on the other end. She says hello like eight times. Yeah. With me, you've got two hellos and then I'm hanging up on you. Exactly. <laughs> because it's either going to be a wrong number or it's going to be one of those robo calls. Yeah. Where like there's several seconds lag and yep. then you hear the recording talking to yeah. you. Yeah. So, yeah, so she says hello a couple of times, and you can tell Dan knows, like, oh, shit. Yep. Yep. This yep. has got, that's gotta be Alex. Your personal life. Yep. Should have just not gone to have dinner with her, man. Right. And so, yeah, so obviously the wife hangs up. Um, and then in the next scene, it's like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Which, why didn't that wake the wife up? Well, 2 a.m.? No, 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 no. That first phone call, it wasn't 2 a.m. No, no. The second one well, is though, right? Well, we're, yeah, but we're getting to that. Oh, never mind. I thought we were there already. Yeah. No, we're getting there like right now. Oh. So anyway, so yeah, they're <laughs> asleep in bed. Down my notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're laying in bed and, you know, there's another phone call. 
at two something in the morning. Right. So he goes to pick up and it's Alex. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I don't know how the wife didn't. Dude. If I if I hear the phone at 2 a.m., I'm thinking, oh, my God, somebody's dead. Exactly. Because that's what a 2 a.m. phone call means. Uh, yeah. Either that or somebody has been arrested. Exactly. And, and you're there like phone call. <laughs> right. And so, but no, the wife apparently sleeps through that without a problem. So yeah. anyway, it's obviously Alex on the other line. And he, you know, is telling her, he's like, why, you know, why are you calling me at exactly. two o'clock in the morning? And she's like, well, she's like, you're not taking my calls at, you know, the office. She's like, I really need to talk to you. Exactly. You know, you've left me no choice. She yeah. Says. Yeah. You left me no choice. And she wants to talk to him at six, which I guess means 6 a.m. That's what I guess. I don't know. <laughs> specifically. Basically right outside his office. Exactly. And so she's like, because I really need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of like, all right, you know, fine, whatever. Yep. Um, you know, hangs it up. And so the next day we see them outside of his office and they're kind of walking and talking. And he keeps telling her, like, you know, this is over. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was like a, you know, weekend thing. He's like, that's it. Right. And she, this is where she tells him, you know, that, you know, like, I love, but I love you. Right. And she just, she throws it out there mm-hmm. so easily and so fast. And he, he like looks at her kind of like almost creeped out and grossed out. Like, how do you love me? You don't even know me. Exactly. And so, um, you know, they're, they're about to, I think, get onto a train or whatever. Cause at yeah. this point they're, you know. Yeah. They're actually like down in the subway. Yeah. They're now. in the subway. And this is where she drops the bomb mm-hmm. and tells them I'm pregnant. Yeah. Which that is like really fast to find out because I don't know if how much time is actually passed by, but yeah. you get the impression like a week or two at the most has gone right, by. Right. But. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, she tells him that she's pregnant and he's... He's, of course, in shock. Yeah. And he's like, kind of points out like, um, you know, like, is it mine? Right. You know, and she's like, well, she's like, I don't sleep around. Yeah. And he, he even says, he's like, so you don't, you know, like use anything? Talking about protection. Right. And she's like, no, she's like, you know, I had a miscarriage, uh, last year, so I wasn't even sure if I could get pregnant. Yeah. And so, you know, at this point, they're still kind of walking and talking. He's obviously in disbelief oh, yeah. about it. And he tells her, he's like, well, he's like, you know what? He's like, I'll pay for it. Um, I'll pay for an abortion. And she stops him and she's like, she's like an abortion. She's like, I don't, right, she's like, I don't she want an abortion. Baby. Yeah. She's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep it. Yeah. And, of course, that freaks him out because it's like, what the hell is he going to do if she, you know, is going to keep this baby? Chickens are... (laughs) Chickens, I'm sorry. Yeah. Your chickens are coming home to roost, Mm -hmm. pal. (laughs) And she tells him, she's like, you know, I'm 36. She's like, this might be my last, you know, chance to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, yeah, now he's freaking out, you know, because, yeah, what's he going to do? Yeah, he's like, well, you know, why are you telling me this? Because she's telling him now that... She's keeping the baby with or without him. Right. She's like, well, why are you telling me this? She's like, well, I'm hoping you would want to be part of our life. Exactly. And so, obviously, he doesn't. No. (laughs) No, he he makes it very... This is about the only thing he's ever made clear to her. Mm -hmm. Is that he does not want anything to do with her baby and her anymore now. Right. And she, you know, because she can tell, like, he's, you know, he's not believing her. She gives him the card and she's like, this is, you know, my guy 
gynecologist. Right. She's like, give them a call. They'll let you know. They'll tell you. Which I don't think they would. I don't think so Just either. Just some rando guy. Right. Excuse me. Just some random guy calling and saying, oh, yeah, do you have such and such as a patient? Is oh, she pregnant? Okay. Is she pregnant? Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. No. I yeah. Mean, unless you're like. Unless, Unless you're, you're like on that form that you have to fill out, exactly, where it says you know who you can discuss my personal exactly. information Which, with. You know, if as a wife you would put your husband right. down, right? You would put your parents down, exactly. You know, whatever, whoever you have in your life that you most trust, yeah, you would put them down on that form like that, not right. some brando dude on the street, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway. But yeah, so she gave gave him the card to say, you know, here, call my gynecologist. Right. So. Exactly. And uh, it cuts from that whole, you know, mess mm-hmm. to later that night. And you see him at home working on some stuff. And he's watching his wife and his daughter. Yeah. His wife is reading a book to their little girl. And, you know, he's probably sitting there thinking, you know, I oh, just what messed, have I done? Yeah, yeah. I just messed everything up. Yeah. Yeah, you messed everything up a long time ago, pal. Mm-hmm. You messed everything up that day your umbrella didn't open and you agreed <laughs> to have lunch with that little... Right? <laughs> so, yeah, tell me how you really feel. So now, <laughs> it cuts to the next day and you see Alex leaving her apartment. Yeah. And then you see Dan waiting on the other side of the street mm-hmm. for her to get out of you know, eyesight, out of right. view. And he goes and he breaks into her apartment. He pushes all the buttons on the front of the door. Build, so that somebody will let him in. Yep. Someone finally buzzes him in. Doesn't even ask anything. They just I know. Buzz him in. <laughs> and he walks all the way up to her apartment and he knows where he, she keeps her key. Yeah. That's where that comes into play. Yep. Takes her key, opens her door, goes in, and he does some snooping. Which... His, like, snooping is frantic, and it's like, I don't know what he's, like, looking for, because... Exactly, because she might be the kind of person who actually, even though it looks like a mess, might actually know where everything is. Exactly. I mean, like, myself, I can be quite OCD, so if something's askew... I'm like, that wasn't like that five minutes ago. Right. touched that? Right. So, yeah. So, he's going through, and he finds um, a couple of... um, Oh, books and stuff like that that have like right. different clippings and just he's thumbing through that. He's thumbing through her Rolodex for some reason. And then he comes across this obituary. Yep. It turns out that it's her father's obituary. She lied. And it she, you know, told him the truth the first time that, oh, yeah, my dad did die from a heart attack. Yep. 1958, I think, was the date on that. Yeah, or 59 or, or, or something whatever. like that. Which her age probably would have. She would have been young. Yeah. The age that she said yeah. that she was. So, yeah, dad's not doing well in uh, Arizona. Nope. <laughs> no. He is actually dead. No, he is probably not in Arizona anyway. No. So. So, yeah. So, he find out that he, you know, that she did lie about that, that her dad actually is dead. Yeah. Yep. And uh, from there, it cuts to, you see this this clerk walking through this library, and he's yeah, like, up on yeah. the shelves. It's a law clerk. It's a, yeah. Yeah. And so it's a big legal library. Like, that, that place looks huge, man. Yeah. So basically, Dan is talking to his buddy, yep. his bowling buddy. Yep. 
And he's telling him everything. everything. Telling him everything. And his friend just looks devastated. Like, well, basically, I can't believe you're doing this BS. And, well, and this is also the scene, too, where we find out that Dan did, in fact, call the gynecologist. Yes, the he gynecologist. him. Yeah, and the gynecologist told him, you know, congratulations. Congratulations, you're a father. Yeah, yeah. which... How would you know? I want a blood test on that. And that's just <laughs> it. Like, you know, being a lawyer, you think he probably would have done more digging. But it's like, mm-hmm. how do you know for one? Until you have like a blood, like you said, a blood yeah. test result, you don't know. You know, how do you know this isn't some like not yeah. on the up and up type of doctor or guy? And she just slipped him some cash and was like, mm-hmm. hey, some dude calls that's you true. asking about me. Tell them I'm pregnant. Right. You know. So anyway, but like you said, so in this law library, yeah, he tells his friend everything. Yep. And he's like, you know, because his friend is actually family law. Right. So he asks him, he's like. Does she have a case? And he's basically. like, it's not good. Yeah. You know, it does not look good for you, pal. Yeah. At all. Because, yeah, if she chooses to keep the baby, it's like, yeah, she can easily go after you for child oh, yeah, support. For sure. Whether you want to be in the baby's life or not. So. Exactly. And it's like, well, good luck living that life for the yeah. rest of your married life. It's like, hey, hey honey, where's all this cash going? Yeah, where's week? where's that, you know, $1,000 a month or whatever it is. Exactly. You know? Like, oh, it's nothing. It's just yeah. some new thing. They're garnishing my wages at work. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Right. <laughs> So now it cuts to um, Alex, and um, uh, she's at home, and she's feverishly just trying to dial Dan's number. Right. It keeps getting a uh, disconnected Disconnect. dial tone. Yep. So then she calls the operator and is like, hey, I'm trying to get a hold of phone number such and such. And the operator tells her that number's been disconnected. It's no longer in service. She's like, well, I need to know the new number because, you know, it's very important. Right. And they basically tell her, well, we can't do that. Yeah, we that. can't give that yeah. to you. And, and then she, she loses you know, it, tells them to F off. Yeah. And <laughs> you can kind of hear, you can't understand what he's saying, but you can hear the guy in the line, you know, tell her the same thing, basically. Yeah. And she slams the phone down. Yep. It cuts to Dan, and uh, now we see him, uh, he's walking home from work. He's just walking real slow, and he's he's real disconnected because he mm-hmm. almost gets run over by a car at one point. Yeah. <laughs> but he makes it home and makes it to the apartment, and he hears two female voices inside. And yes. one of them is Alex's. Mm-hmm. He walks in, and you know, like his just face just drops. Oh, yeah. There's Alex on the couch talking Talk. to his wife. Yep. And turns out Alex is there posing as somebody who wants to buy the apartment. Right. The, the, she gets up and she goes to shake Dan's hand and Dan, well, you know, kind of reluctantly yeah. does and so. the wife explains, she's like, you know, I think you guys met, you know, at that uh, party. Right, you right. Know? And Dan's, you know, kind of playing dumb. He's like, right. oh, you know, I don't think so. And, and then uh, Alex is like, yeah, you know, we met, you know, it was that Japanese place. And he's like, oh, yes, yes, that's right. right. You know, I didn't remember. Just kind of trying to play it off. So, yeah, the wife, the wife is talking to Dan saying like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, Alex is interested in the apartment. Yep. Um, you know, and she's like, also, you know, Alex is expecting a baby. And he's kind of like, oh. Yeah. You know. He's like, I know. <laughs> yeah, he didn't say that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. And Oy. S- <laughs> yeah. So, 
at that point, the wife actually is like, gives them their phone number, their new phone number. Yes. So she's done this to fish for information, basically. Oh, yeah. Somehow she found out where she lived, they lived, which I guess it probably wouldn't be too hard. Probably not. Public records. Yeah. And she even also finds out that they're planning on moving to the Mm -hmm. country soon. And where they're planning on moving. Yeah. Not the exact house, but the location. Right. And uh, so, like you said, yeah, the wife even gives her their new phone number. Yeah. And his face is just... So, if him struggling to figure out where he was at that one <laughs> night wasn't enough to make her suspicious... Right. This man's face, the entire time Alex is in their apartment talking mm-hmm. to them, should have been the kickoff to go... Huh. Yeah. What's, what's this all about? Yeah. But <laughs> apparently she misses that stuff. Yeah. Such a, such are movies. Yeah. Now after she gets her number and Alex leaves later that night, um, Dan actually goes to Alex's apartment. Yeah. Saying that he wants to talk. Right. And she's like, oh, so now you want to talk. Yep. So she lets him in, buzzes him into her apartment, and... He he's in there talking to her, telling her like, "Look, you need to back off." Yep. And he again, she's like, "You know, you left me no choice. You won't answer my phone calls. You changed your number, and now you're moving." She's like, "I won't be ignored, Dan." Yep, the famous line. Yes, I won't be ignored, Dan. Yes. <laughs> Wonder how many times she had to practice that to get it right. I know. Imagine somebody in front of a mirror going, I won't be ignored, Dan. I won't be ignored. I won't be ignored. I won't be ignored. Ignored. I won't be. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. That would drive me nuts. Right. But that's why I... One of the many reasons why I'm not interested in acting at all. (laughs) People who can do it can do it, and I'm fine with that because it entertains me. Exactly. (laughs) She says the famous line. Yep. And... He kind of backs away a little bit, and she's like, you think you can just, you know, have sex with me once and a couple of times and then just throw me away like garbage? Right. She's like, you know, she's th- like, we're I- in this. You need to accept responsibility. And not only that, but she she even tells him, she's like, you know, I'm, I'm having your baby. She's like, I deserve respect. Exactly. That's what she Which, tells him. You know, she has a point. Yeah. You know, it's not right what he did. Right. But... You got a man up, dude. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You made your bed, now lay in it. Yep. So, I'm trying to remember how that escalated like it did. Yeah, it definitely escalates. Oh, I think she threatens to tell his wife. Yes, that's right. Because he's leaving on the hallway and yeah. she mentions something about his wife and it sets him off. Yeah, and he kind of, he actually grabs her. Yeah, and like throws her against throws the wall. Throws her against the wall and, she, and he's like, you know, if you, if you uh, come around, I swear I'll kill you. Yeah, and he's like choking her a little bit because she's like coughing mm-hmm. and gagging and stuff. And then at that point, he goes to leave and she's like, you know what? She's like, I'm going to, I'll call your wife right now. And so yeah. she dials the number and, you know, you hear the wife again pick up, hello, hello. And then she, you know, slams the phone down and then she actually like rips the phone out of the wall. Right, and, like throws it across the <laughs> yeah. room. That was back in the day when slamming a phone down really good. gave you a sense of like relief if it's you were true. angry on the other end. It's not as much fun now when you have to hit aggressively the end call button. Right? You do that too hard, you're going to crack your screen. <laughs> yeah. And now you got a $1,000 paperweight. Exactly. Which it's insane how much phones, cell phones cost, man. Anywho, so we go to the next day, and I think it's the next day, but anyway, it's moving day. 
And you've got um, Beth's parents are there helping them move some furniture. And so you have Dan and <laughs> Beth's dad. Who's older. Moving this gigantic, like, picnic-looking table. Right. It's like, okay, I'm pretty sure that wasn't, like, a real, real table. <laughs> because they weren't really struggling that hard, it looked like. So it was, it was definitely a prop, a set piece. Right. But in real life, if you're doing that, that's tough work. Oh, my gosh. Because I'll never forget the when we were living in that apartment and we bought that table. Oh, yeah. From, was it Walmart or Target? It was like Walmart. And uh, so we had to we had to borrow. Your dad had a truck back then. We, mm-hmm. had to, we had to borrow his truck and he came with his truck and picked it up and helped us move it to our apartment. That box was, and it wasn't a table anywhere near that. It's just your standard four-seater kitchen table. Yeah. That bad boy was heavy, man. I felt so bad. Your dad was huffing and puffing by the time we got up the stairs. (laughs) That was, yeah. oh, it was insane. But so this table in this movie, if it were real, it must be, you know, upwards of a hundred and plus easy. 150 maybe. I don't know. Anyway, back to the whole movie. Um, I'm sorry. I go off on tangents, guys. I get very ADHD sometimes. Yeah. So the phone rings while they're moving this table. And what Dan does is he drops his end. Mm -hmm. It slams to the floor. And I can only imagine like his father-in-law must be thinking, what is this idiot doing? I know, right? He makes a mad dash for this phone, picks up the phone. And he's relieved to find out it's um, Martha on the other end. Right. One of their friends. And he's like, oh, it's Martha. Everybody, guys, it's Martha. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. It's Martha, what you want. Yeah, really. (laughs) So after that, and then it kind of cuts to Beth. She's alone, and she's painting, painting the ceiling. And Dan calls, and they're just having a conversation. And uh, he's like, you know, so how's the plumbing mess going? And she's like, you don't want to know. And me, I'm thinking, I want to know, because it probably costs a lot of money. I'd like to find out how much OT I'm going to have to start getting now. <laughs> I know, right? Seriously. <laughs> and uh, so then he kind of, he mentions that he's bought the rabbit for their daughter. And the wife's asking, you know, how the rabbit is. You know, what, what's it like? And he's like, well, it's got pointy ears and it's white. And and right about this time, the secretary comes in and hands Dan this little package that came for him that day. Yeah. And so Dan takes it and puts it in his little coat pocket. And, uh, you know, Dan tells his wife, you know, well, I'll be leaving soon. So I'll, I'll see you in a little bit. And he goes to leave work. And he goes to where, I guess, the parking garage where they park at has a parking attendant. Oh, yeah. Because he goes to where the parking attendant's office would be. He's not there. He calls out for him. No answer. So Dan just helps himself to his key. Yeah. Grabs his key, carries his keys, his rabbit, his coat, everything. He's riding in the elevator up to where his car is. And as the elevator goes by, you, the camera sees Alex just standing there watching him as he goes by. Alex reaches the floor where his car should be. He goes walking to his car accidentally bumps this one car and the alarm goes off which scared the you know what out of me i know right (laughs) i gotta hand it this movie's got an awful lot of like jump scenes it does yeah for sure and uh he finally reaches his car 
and it's just smoking. That's it, covered in acid. She has poured, I don't know what kind of acid that yeah, would be, but I she's don't know. poured acid all over his car, and it's just eating away at the body and the glass and, and everything. Obviously, he, like... It's like that bitch. Yeah, and he's like throwing stuff down, and then meanwhile, this poor bunny rabbit is inhaling all the on the ground. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. where all the fumes will be. Yeah, like dude, this poor rabbit man. He never had a chance. Mm, Poor bunny. I know. We'll get there. R.I.P. Bunny. Yep. And so, (laughs) so he, uh, you know, he's like you said, he's cursing. He's like, you know, this biatch, blah 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 blah. And he, the next scene you see, he's at this auto shop. No, he's at the Avis I'm renting sorry, a car. I'm sorry, he's at the Avis, the rent-a-car place. Yeah. And he's telling his wife, yeah, you know, the electrical system shorted out and the battery exploded everywhere. Right. That's the excuse he's giving her. And so he's, you know, telling her like, yeah, you know, I'm getting a rental. You know, I'll be home later. I'll just be a little late is all. He's yeah. fine. So he's going to get into his rental car and the rental lady runs it, some papers out to him real quick. And he hops into his car. Almost hits a couple people. Yeah, yes, he he's like so anxious to get the <laughs> heck out of there. He almost runs into like four people. Yeah. Gets on the road. And, and then you see Alex is behind him. Yep. Following him. Somehow she is, she's just, she's followed him. Yep. So she's trailing him through the road, uh, through the streets, going home. And he goes and he opens up that package that came yeah. for him in the car. And it says, turns out it's a cassette tape. It says, play me, dash yeah. Alex. Yes. So, <laughs> Alice in Wonderland scenario, he yep. plays it, and it's Alex on the tape. <laughs> just venting. Just oh, yeah. Just telling him exactly what she thinks of him, that he's a this, he's a that, he's useless, he's a blah, 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 blah. And the whole time you hear this tape playing and hearing her ranting about him. You, yeah. You kind of get this back and forth of yeah. her crying in her car while she's following him yep. home. And eventually, finally, he makes it home. He pulls into his driveway. And the last words that you hear on the tape as it's playing is, I bet you don't even like girls. Yeah, which, and dude, like, he was balls deep in you. I think he likes girls just fine. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Well, hey. It's true, though. It's true. So... Yeah, he he definitely does like the girls. He likes them too much because yeah. he apparently can't stick to his wife. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so he he gets home, but then the camera kind of goes out of focus from the foreground and goes to focus the background. Yep. And there's her car. Right. And he walks. He's walking up into the to his door. Bunny in hand. Bunny in hand. He goes inside, and you see her running across their property, mm-hmm. and she makes it to their living room window, and he, she's spying on them. Yeah. And she sees this perfect, happy little family. Right. He's giving the bunny rabbit to the daughter, you and know, she's dad, hugging him. Yeah, you know, dad of the year. Yeah, I love you, daddy, blah, blah, blah. And the wife is like, oh, you're such a good father. And, yeah. And this actually makes her physically Oh, Ill. yeah, she gets physically sick. She has to run off to the bushes, because I guess she is just... So disgusted by what mm-hmm. she's seeing because she feels like, I guess she feels like that should be her right. in there with her kid and him as the father. Yep. And so, and so it cuts from there to um, see him later that night, and he's gone up to his little den area where he set up his all of his work stuff. And he pops that cassette tape into his personal tape player. He puts yeah. his headphones on like he's listening to a deposition. Mm-hmm. And he resumes the tape from the point where he stopped it in the car. And here's her 
saying to him, you deserve everything that you have got coming to you. You know, right. I hope you suffer. I hate you. And right about this time, the wife comes up behind him. And he's like, oh. Yeah, she, puts, <laughs> she like puts her arms like around him. <laughs> Me, if I've got headphones in my ear, even if I'm not listening to something as threatening as that, that would make me jump, too. Yeah. <laughs> Like, dude. Okay, so note to self. Don't don't give me any surprise back rubs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> At least not while I'm wearing headphones. Okay. <laughs> and so she gets him to she gets him to come to bed. She's telling him, like, look, it's late. What are you doing up? He's like, Oh, I'm just doing some work. And so she gets him to come back to bed with her with the promise of a back rub. Mm-hmm. Maybe quote unquote back rub. And from there we cut to the next day and we see Dan has made his way to... He's gone to see a detective. He's gone to the police. But he's talking to the police as if he's representing something. Uh, Right. He keeps using the phrase of, she's bothering him. Right. My client doesn't like this. My client this. He that. But at one point, he slips up because the lieutenant is telling him, look, unless we have some physical evidence or somebody has seen her behaving this way... We can't do anything. Exactly. And he, it sets him off and he, he kind of slips up and he says like, well, what can you do? You know, this is, you know, I'm just asking you to do something or something like that. Right. And he kind of calms down a little bit and realizes that he's kind of revealed a little too much. Mm -hmm. Now the detective is like the look on the detective's face is kind of like in his mind, he's thinking you're talking about yourself. Oh yeah. But he continues to humor him. Right. And keeps using the phrase of, well, tell your client this, tell your client that. I mean, yeah, he's basically saying unless something actually happens or, like, there's proof of, you know, that something happened, there's nothing we can do. Which is true. It's like, you know, you can't just go arresting people based on hearsay. Right. You know, innocent until proven guilty, basically. Right. You know, not right. That's not what what the legal system's built on. Yeah. So he tells him, he's like, look, you know, even if we did go over there and talk to her. It could make it worse. It could make it worse. Yeah. Because right now, maybe she's got it out of her system. And maybe she's finally over it. But if we go and talk to her, it it brings a new light to it. It might piss her off more. Yep. So he he tells the the detective, you know, the lieutenant, like, okay, you know, well, we'll, you know, we'll basically, we'll just kind of take it one day at a time now, I suppose. Yeah. Next, we see the family, and uh, they're all leaving. They're all on a trip to go see the grandparents. Yeah. So yeah, so they're getting ready to leave to go see the the grandparents or whatever for the weekend. So you know, you see the daughter, and she you know is feeding the carrot, saying goodbye to the bunny, and you see them all hop into the car, including the dog, and they head off to the grandparents. Yep. Well. So they're visiting the grandparents. Not much really happens in that scene. I mean, it's yeah, it's. Just, I mean, you the know, the daughter is apparently going to be in like I guess it's a Thanksgiving play. Yeah, perhaps, some kind of play because she's rehearsing some lines for the parents and the grandparents, and, and she's of course, got a little outfit on. And, and stuff. they think, of course, that she's amazing. You know, it's the most amazing performance ever. Yeah. Um, and the dad is, you know, telling the daughter that he loves her and hugging her and stuff. And, right. And. It's a pretty short scene because now we see that they're This is the important Yeah, this is the important scene. So yes. they get home and you see the daughter, she runs off into the yard and uh Dan is kind of right behind her and yeah. you see Beth go into the house. Well, 
She, you know, is slowly going through the house and all of a sudden you see a pot on on the uh, stove. Yep. Turned up. And it's bubbling and stuff. So she walks over there because obviously it's like, why is this here? We didn't do that. Yeah. So what's going on? Nobody in their right mind would leave boiling water on a stove. Yeah. So she, of course, opens the top and we find dead thumper in there. Yes. Um, Yeah. The kid is screaming outside because the rabbit's missing. missing. The wife is screaming inside because the rabbit's in the pot. Dead, obviously. Yes. And so it it goes, yeah, it goes between the, yeah, the little girl is screaming about, you know, the bunny being gone. Mm-hmm. The wife is screaming for Dan because, yeah, the bunny rabbit is dead. Yeah. In this, you know, boiling exactly. pot of water. And the next thing we see is the wife, Beth, is trying to comfort the daughter. Comfort the daughter while she's, yes. Yeah. And the daughter's, you know, obviously distraught. Well, yeah. I would be too. Even... Now I would be distraught. Could you, could you imagine the smell? Oh yeah, you of a really, boiling you rabbit like think that. That would not be a good smell. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the rabbit it still had its fur, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. I mean, it was you know exactly. But anyway, so yeah, so she's trying to comfort the daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, thinks that the daughter has gone to sleep. Um. And this is the the scene where everything, you know, comes out. Yes. The wife asks the husband, have you called the police yet? And he, and he said, says no. No. And she's like, well, why not? Yeah. Why? And, <laughs> and he tells her, he he's like, he's like, I know who did this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we have a problem. Yes. He's like, do you remember that blonde woman from the Japanese restaurant? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you're... Scaring me. Right. What about her? And he's taking a very long time to respond. Yeah. And the next thing she asks her it, him is, did you have an affair? Yeah. And he says, yes. And for some reason, she takes that a whole lot better than I would have. Oh, dude. Yeah. But... So she, you know, she of course is in shock oh, yeah, that she's he says, visibly upset. "Yeah, she's crying." And, she's crying, and she finally manages to get the words, "Do you love her?" Out, you know, which right. would have been very difficult to try to ask. Yeah, but to me, like you said, I would just be—I don't know—but I think I would be almost in a rage. Yeah, like, get the heck out of the hair now. Yeah, well, know? and that's just it, though. So of course he tells her, "No, of course I don't love her." Right. Um, I can't remember how the conversation about the baby came, comes up, though. Um, I think he just kind of drops that bomb on her. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, she, she asks him about. Um, she asks him about something else, and then he just tells her, and she's pregnant. Yeah, and she's like, "Is it yours?" And he's like, "She says it is." Yeah, and, and this is what that's when off. she loses her shit, and she just start, you know, get out, and just yeah, starts hitting on him, and punching him, and kicking him, and yep. the daughter it wakes the daughter up, and she comes out into and the she's living room crying, and but you know, they don't stuff. see her yet. Yeah. And she's just, she's, the wife is still screaming at him, telling him to leave. And then they see the daughter standing there in the living room crying. Yep. Um, And then we see him and he is actually starting to pack up some stuff to like get out of there. Yes. You know? Yes. Which is like, yeah, get the hell out of here. And you're not welcome here anymore, you know? Yep. And uh, 
Then it cuts to then. Then you see that the phone is ringing in Alex's apartment. Yeah, and it's Dan on the other end. Right, and he tells her, he's, "Yes, yeah." He's like, you know, I let I told my wife about us. Exactly, the and, jig's up. She knows everything. Yep, it's over. Yeah, no more, no more. And she, you know, he's like, "Here," he's like, "You can talk to her." And she's like, "Well, why would I want to talk to your wife?" Right, which is like, yeah, why would she want to talk <laughs> yeah. to his wife? Well, anyway, so his wife gets on the phone. Mm-hmm. And says, you know, if if you come around, you know, our family, I'll kill you. Right. And she like she slams the phone down. Yep. And we cut to uh, a scene of the mom and the daughter, just Beth and, and Ellen, playing the piano together. And I guess some time has passed now. Yeah. Um, because the phone rings and it's Dan. And the daughter answers the phone. She's talking to her dad, eating a fruit roll-up, <laughs> you know, telling him how much she misses him. And right. he tells her how much he misses her and that, you know, he wishes he could be there. And the phone conversation ends with, you know, tell your mom that I called. Right. And that I send her my love. And the daughter is like, okay, yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah. You know, little kid, bye. Hangs the phone up. Right. And uh, the next scene we see is... Um, Beth is going to go pick her daughter up from school. Yeah. Next next day afterwards. Yep. And she gets there, and one of the teachers walks up to her and says, Oh, oh did, did you forget, forget something? Yeah. Which is kind of weird. And, you know, she looks at, you know, they're like, Oh, and, you know, no, I'm just here to pick up Ellen. Like, oh, but, you know, she's thought gone. you already picked her up. Yeah. Which, these people must be morons. I know, right? Glenn Close looks... Absolutely nothing like um, Ann Archer. Ann Archer. Yep. It's like, I know it's a movie and you, you got it in the plot, the story, you know, it's going to happen. Well, because they but never it's like, really. How do you confuse the two women. One is blonde, one is red. Well, I think she, like, they didn't show it, but my guess would have been that she had lied and said that she was either an aunt yeah. or a friend. You know what I mean? Something like true. that. That's probably at the time in the 80s. That's probably true. I yeah. feel like now you definitely have to have more proof before you pick a Kind of like a you said, up. like a doctor. I think now, I don't know for certain, but I bet you there's like forms. Oh, I'm sure. Enroll in school. Yeah. Approved people to pick up children. Probably. And, you know, you probably have to put maybe two or three people down. Like, right. obviously, if you're married. Like grandparents spouse, or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, with it being in the 80s and stuff, you probably probably at the time could have just lied and said, oh, I'm their aunt or, you right. know, whatever. Exactly. So. And so she's freaking out. Now, right. Running through the school, looking for her daughter. And this, this, it shouldn't make me laugh, but this scene this where she This kid was runs, creepy as hell. And she asked this little girl, where is Ellen? And this little girl just picks her head up and real stoically goes, She's gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy crap. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so that's You're just... filming a drama, not a horror I, flick. <laughs> right? And so that's just it, though. So at this point, you see uh, Beth, and she's driving frantically, you know, looking for Ellen. <laughs> and while that's going on, we see real quick... Ellen is, of course, with Alex, and they're at, yes. like, a carnival or, like, an amusement park. Exactly. And... It was weird, though, because there was literally no talking. No, she's just walking through the park, and they get on this roller coaster mm-hmm. together, which is she's really pregnant. That's what I said, yeah. Like, why, even, yeah. why are you on a roller coaster when you're pregnant? Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure. certain, even though it's the 80s, I'm pretty certain they probably would have told a pregnant woman, no roller coasters. Exactly. 
<laughs> and you want to keep this baby, so why are you getting on the roller coaster? Exactly. That, that's another thing that kind of makes me think maybe that was yet another, like, manipulation on her part to get him to do what she wanted him to do. Right. And uh, you see, while they're on this roller coaster riding, the wife is now in the car and she is just frantically driving everywhere looking for her daughter. Just looking, every single kid she sees on the side of the road playing, she's looking to see if it's her daughter. She almost runs over two pedestrians at one point. <laughs> I know. And sure enough, this scene ends. Oh, she's approaching this car going a Qu- good yeah. clip, probably 40 miles an hour or so. Yeah, she just slams, and she just slams right into, into it. it. Doesn't yep. even stop because nope. she didn't even see the car. She yep. was not paying attention. Right. And uh, it cuts from her smashing into this car to Alex dropping the daughter off at back at her home. And she even asks for a kiss on the cheek. Yeah, it was just weird. Ugh. It's like she's trying to take over the mommy role is what mm-hmm. she's doing. And um, from there, now we cut to a hospital scene. Yeah. We see Dan running through the hospital corridor, asking a nurse where his wife is. The nurse tells him, and he's running down and meets... The mother-in-law who's sitting in the hallway outside the room. And it's a tense moment between the mother-in-law and him. Well, yeah. (laughs) She's looking after the daughter. Yeah, exactly. And then he walks into the room and there's the father-in-law, Beth's dad, sitting beside her bed. And Dan looks at the dad and just says his name, Hi, Harold. And the dad just shoots him a go-to-hell look. Oh, yeah. You know, he just shoots him a look and just kind of looks away like he won't even basically acknowledge that he's even in the room. Right. Which who can blame him, you know? Exactly. I, I don't know what keeps him from jumping up and beating his ass right there in the hospital room, really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dan sits next to his wife's bed, you know, asking her, like, are you okay? You know, I'm so sorry. And he starts, like, bawling next to her bed. And, <laughs> and uh, it cuts from the hospital room to now Dan is just driving frantically through the streets and she, he makes it to Alex's apartment and does the buzzer, gets in, and buzzes on her apartment door to, like, you know, oh, yeah. to the door. She opens the door, and as soon as she cracks the door open, just oh, yeah. hear, he, like, kicks it yep. to bust the door in and push her down. Yeah. He runs in and just immediately just attacks her. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just a frantic scene. He's chasing her through the hallways. She's knocking over stuff yes. to, you know, Oh, yes. Path. He, like, runs in through a window. Not a window, but it's like a little door with yeah. glass pane in it. And finally, he ends up, you know, pushing her to the ground. And he gets on top of her and he starts strangling her. Yeah. And... You know, the scene, she starts choking and her eyes, you know, start rolling back. She's passing out. And, like, his face just, you know, changes. He's like, yeah. you know, what am I doing? Right. He gets up and lets go. And he he's, like, trying to catch his breath and recover. And she's trying to recover. And she's splashing water in her mouth on her face. Mm-hmm. And there's a knife next to the little yeah. countertop where she's, you know, leaning on. And she picks up the knife and just lunges after him mm-hmm. with it. He manages to get it. grab her and grab the knife and get it away from yeah. her. And he sets the knife down and puts the knife down and he just starts kind of slowly walking backwards out of her apartment. And Sorry about our dog noises. Yep. <laughs> starts to slowly walk out of the apartment. And 
I me, mean, I would have kept that knife. Yeah. In my pocket, I'd been like, "You can't have this back." I know, right? You know, I know you've got others, but you can't have this one. Exactly. <laughs> so, but he leaves, and next thing you see is he's at the police station, and he is like feverishly just like trying to get them to do something. Right. But again, all he's got, he doesn't have any witnesses. He doesn't have any evidence. Yeah. All he's got is, you know, basically he said, she said stuff. He's like, you can't even arrest her for kidnapping my daughter from the school. Right. Which to me, it's like, okay, yeah, that seems exactly like that would be something. But all the lieutenant says is like, look, I'll have them pick her up and we'll question her about it. Mm-hmm. And he calms down. He's like, all right, fine. He tells him, look, you know, this is what we're doing this weekend. I'm going to be home all weekend tra- taking care of Beth. Right. You know, if you need me, I'll be there. And he leaves. And uh, so now we cut to home. And, uh, you know, Beth is drawing herself a bath. A really freaking hot bath. Dude, so, <laughs> like I've said before, you know, on, on the last last episode, I think it was. Yeah. You know, I made the confession that whenever it's cold, I do like to soak in a tub just to kind of help joints and, you know, yeah. muscles relax and stuff. This would, like, peel your skin off. Dude, steam just billowing out of the tub, pouring into the freaking <laughs> yeah. bathroom. Yeah. And she's pouring this ridiculously, like, 212-degree bath water. <laughs> and, like, yeah, the bath water is, like, basically rolling. Mm-hmm. It's boiling, for Pete's sake. So... He's in there. He's, like, tending to her needs. He's like, you know, do you want another pain pill? Right. I'll bring you one. Do you want some tea? And, you know, she's appreciative, of course, because she needs the help. Right. You know, too bad it's under these circumstances. But, you know, he's like, okay, you know, look, you know, just just yell if you need me. Yeah. So he goes downstairs to go brew, brew some tea. Right. While she's upstairs and she's kind of finishing getting her bath ready. And while he's walking downstairs, he's kind of making the rounds, checking doors, making sure they're locked. Well, locking he, doors as he goes. Locking doors as he goes. Which should have been done beforehand, but exactly. whatever. And I think it was even at this point, maybe, it may have been earlier, but he was on the phone with the detective. And they were telling him that they haven't been able to find Alex yeah. to question her. And he's like, great, so nobody knows where she is. And uh, the phone call is left with that. So that, you know, brings him to look to check and make sure his gun is, you know, available. Mm -hmm. He pulls open a drawer. Sure enough, there's his revolver sitting right there. Shuts the drawer. And he goes to check on the rest of the house. He makes sure his back door is locked. And he gets water brewing for the tea. And we cut back upstairs and we see Beth is getting her bath ready. And she's, you know, it's a real slow camera panning moment where she's in her robe and she's looking at herself in the mirror and you have the 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 typical you know she wipes tense the mirror shots yes she wipes the the mirror from the steam and you see Alex right there right and of course so she drops whatever she had in her hand and it yeah. breaks it breaks inside the sink and she you know like turns back and you know, this is where Alex starts her whole, you know... Monologue. Yeah. She's, she's like, got... what are you doing here? Yeah, well, she's also got the knife, and she's taking it, like, at her side and kind of digging it almost, like, into her Right, leg. she keeps, like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She keeps asking, it's like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here, you know? He came to my place tonight, and he couldn't say goodbye. Yeah. You know, and, You're so stupid, yeah. and just all this other, like, stuff. Yes, and it's... 
in the meantime, you see the bathtub is running over. Yeah. And you also see now Alex is bleeding because mm-hmm. she keeps digging at her leg with that knife. Right. And now it cuts downstairs and you see the water is starting to kind of pour from the ceiling. And of course. Of the overrunning bath water. And the dog is sitting there licking it off the floor. And the dog's like, <laughs> it's raining from the ceiling. I'm happy. I'm yep. <laughs> and so the dog's licking the water off the floor. But you see Alec, I mean, Dan is still just oblivious to the goings-on upstairs. And the, the tea is finally starting to kind of come to a boil. You know, it's almost about to whistle. But we cut back to upstairs, and now a physical altercation is happening between Alex and Beth. Beth lunges at, I mean, Alex lunges at Beth with the knife, you know, and they're wrestling and they're fighting. Somehow... She manages to get away from Alex and push her down. The knife goes flying to one end of the bathroom. Yeah. But Beth also falls. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to get up. She's scrambling to get up and leave. But Beth, Alex grabs Beth's leg and she's trying to stab her. Well, and, and this she's, is when she screams. Yeah, she screams. And, you know, basically she starts screaming. The uh, tea thing starts going off. So Dan couldn't hear her scream. And right. once he takes it off, that's whenever he could hear her screaming. Exactly. So he goes running upstairs right. just in time to stop Alex from, you know, doing what she's doing. Right. He, he basically, he comes charging in and just like spears Oh yeah, Alex. Like she goes flying and her head busts the mirror glass. Yep. And he's wrestling with her, and she's like gets a couple of good slashes mm-hmm. on him. She got across him his good. chest, across his arms. He goes flying back into the bathtub and grabs the shower curtain and uses it to like try to block her a little bit. Yeah. And finally, he like manages to like kick her, kicks her in the chest, and she yeah. goes flying back and she hits the wall. And then this is his open again, where he yep. gets up and charges and spears her yet again. Yep. And grabs her and wrestles her. He should have, like, wrestled the knife from her. Yeah. But grabs her and wrestles her and then just throws her into the bathtub and holds her underneath yeah. the water he until holds, she stops. Yep. And that's exactly what, yeah, he holds her under there until she stops. Yes. But and, you don't, you see the wife she's left. She's not in the bathroom anymore. Yeah. And it's all quiet. Everything's fine. Until Alex just like... Ah. Lunges, just like your typical movie. Mm-hmm. It's like the last gasp. Like, I'm going to get you this time. Exactly. She jumps out of the bathtub. Knife ready to go. But Beth has rent and grabbed the gun. And she shoots her once in the chest. Yes. And then you just see... You just see her go up against the uh, the tile or yeah, whatever, and you see her down, slumps down and tub. goes into the tub. And which I, I'm old school. I would have double tapped that because maybe I've seen too many movies. But now I don't trust that stuff. It's <laughs> like you, unfortunately, even if it's self defense, I feel like you have to do at least two shots. I wouldn't disagree at all. Yeah, it's like in a scenario like that, you're protecting yourself, protecting your family. Yep. You're going to want to make sure the threat is neutralized. So, the scene, that scene fades, you know, they're like, you know, all, you know, hugging and stuff. Um, And we see the police are leaving the house. I guess they've, you know, the coroner has come and taken the body away. Yeah. But one thing I find kind of weird about this, so I don't know really, obviously, because I'm not in law enforcement, but I don't know anything about, like, 
investigations and stuff like this. Right. But in a scenario like this, you'd think that entire house is now a crime scene because somehow she got in. Right. So you'd think that they would not be allowed to just stay in the house that night. That they would be told they need to go somewhere else and let them finish up their investigation. Right. And then they can come back in. And then, of course, the burden of cleaning up the place falls on them. But the police leave and the camera just kind of shows... The family picture. and, you know, Dan hugging and embracing and walking away. And like you said, the family picture. And that's how it ends. The end. So we leave this couple with not only do they need marriage counseling, although oh, yeah. in my opinion, they just he need cheated, to file they don't divorce. need marriage counseling, they just need to go. Yep. They need marriage counseling because he's proven himself to be a liar and a cheater. Right. And now the entire family also needs therapy, possibly for years. Yeah, especially, decades, yeah. Because of what he did to yeah. cause this chain of exactly. events. Exactly. I agree. It's literally his fault. This woman broke into their house and tried to kill them. Right. So, (laughs) (laughs) you ready for some facts? I am, yes. All right. So, Glenn Close still has the knife she used in the movie hanging in her kitchen, stating, It's beautiful, made of wood and paper. It's a work of art. And it's nice for our guests to see it. It lets them know that they can't stay forever. (laughs) See, that's another... (laughs) You know, when I kind of made the comment earlier about, you know, that, that... thing that I realized or whatever about the dog food and whatnot. Yeah. It's like, that is so kind of, I wouldn't get that from like somebody having a, 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 a prop knife hanging on the wall like that. Right. That wouldn't be something I would think of. I wouldn't just go, oh yeah, yeah. Our time really is fleeting here. Just like that paper and wood knife up there that will just, <laughs> I would just deteriorate one day. I would just think like, oh, that's a really cool prop that you got from yeah, the movie. Yeah, like, where did you get that from? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got it from the set of uh, Fatal Attraction. Right. I was in that movie, by the way. Uh, well, everybody oh, well, knows that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just... <laughs> So, in a 2013 interview with CBS News, Glenn Close admitted that she would have rethought her portrayal of Alex Forrest because of her fear that the film's popularity may have been a contributing factor towards mental health stigma. I would read that script totally different, Close said. The astounding thing was that in my research for Fatal Attraction, I talked to two psychiatrists. Never did a mental disorder come up. Never did the possibility of that come up. That, of course, would be the first thing I would think of now. See, I don't really understand how that wasn't something that came up. Because there's a couple of scenes that, in my mind, maybe I'm thinking as somebody who is like, you know, you know what you know now sort of thing. Right. But it's like, okay, so the cutting scene. That, in my mind, that's something I immediately link to a mental illness of some sort. That's somebody... Would need some therapy and some coaching and and maybe some meds if yeah, just depending on necessary. Right. Well, and this is what. So when she finally secured the part, um, when she went to go talk to these two uh, different psychiatrists, she asked them, "Is this behavior possible? And if it is, why?" Yeah. The two psychiatrists who reviewed the script at Glenn Close's request both came to the same conclusion: Alex Forrest's behavior was, in its own way, classic behavior. Their diagnosis was that Alex had been molested and sexually tortured for an extended period of time while she was a child. As a result, she would naturally lash out at anyone who found her desirable. Interesting. So, That's kind of... 
so during the reshoot of the ending, Glenn Close suffered a concussion during one of the takes when her head smashed against a mirror. After being rushed to the hospital, she discovered, much to her horror, that she was actually a few weeks pregnant with her daughter. Oh, nice. Yeah. So according to Leading Lady by Stephen Galloway, Close also developed eye and ear infections from being dunked repeatedly in the bathtub water for hours. Oh, geez. It took them hours to film that? Yeah, it probably did. And to this day, Close said watching the ending makes her uncomfortable because of how much she unknowingly put her unborn daughter at risk from the physically physically demanding shoot. That's insane. I know. You know, an hour goes by filming something like that. I'm going to be like, just go with what you got. I'm done. I know. This is too much. <laughs> so, Kirstie Alley, who was under consideration for the lead role, provided a tape of a woman who had been stalking her husband, Parker Stevenson, in which she was begging him to be a part of his life. The woman's words were used verbatim for the film. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> that is kind of creepy. Yeah. That's just it. There's so many different facts. Um, one thing I did want to uh, talk about was... Um, there was originally a different ending. Um, huh. So the original, yeah, the original ending, if I can find it. I wonder if it's one of those endings that like didn't test well or it, something. It didn't. You know? That's why they. Okay. So the original ending had Alex committing suicide while dressed in white and Ooh. Dan and Dan being arrested for the murder. It was changed when preview audience audiences felt that Alex was not brought to justice. Um, this ending still appears in the Japanese release. The ending was reshot in the worship room of the Unitarian Church in Mount Kisco, New York, for three weeks in July 1987. Jeez. The decision to reshoot the ending garnered mixed reactions from the cast and crew. Director Adrian uh, Line initially disliked the idea, but agreed to it after a Paramount executive offered him $1.5 million. Um, <laughs> nice. When, <laughs> when Ann Archer learned of the news, she was flabbergasted and immediately burst into tears. Um, Glenn Close was staunchly opposed to the idea and even refused to take part in it. According to co-producer Sherry Lansing... Close felt sympathy for Alex, a woman battling mental illness and fiercely resisted uh, cliches about another female psycho. Michael Douglas, on the other hand, had no objection to it and felt that the reworked ending would help the movie. Close and Douglas got into an argument over the ending, after which time Close contacted her friend, William Hurt, who finally convinced her to participate in the reshoot. Sounds like a bunch of drama. But she said this is also uh, part of the whole ending thing. Yeah. So, yeah, after poor audience reaction to the original ending, it was decided, you know, that the ending be reshot. Correct. Um, like we said, she was opposed to doing to redoing the ending, but eventually felt she owed it to everyone else to do it. Hmm. Um, in the November 96 edition of Movie Line magazine, uh, Close said, the original ending was a gorgeous piece of film noir. She kills herself, but makes sure that his prints are all over the knife, and he gets arrested. He knows he didn't do it, but he's going to jail anyway. But audience wa audiences wanted some kind of cathartic ending, so we went back months later and shot the ending that's in the movie now. Huh. So, yeah. It's pretty crazy, though. That is crazy. But I can see I wouldn't like the other ending either. Yeah. To be honest with you. So, because it's like, you know, 
you know, I, I get they're like, oh, you know, oh, it's my art. You know, this, you know, it was so beautiful the way it was or I, I don't. Right. But it's like if you're going to pay to go see a movie, mm-hmm. you don't want to walk out of the movie going, well, that sucked. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, people had that enough when they went to go see Blair Witch or whatever else that true. sucked when they finally went to go see it. That's true. I mean, you know, it's like this is just my personal opinion about it. It's like. All right, I get it. You're upset, but it's literally your job to act this movie out and entertain. And if the movie's not going to entertain, yeah, then it's not a job well done. And That's true. You're just not gonna get paid to make many more movies if nobody likes it. That's true. <laughs> um, so let's see. What do you want to use? I mean, I feel like we have to use bunny rabbits. <laughs> Live ones, though. Yes, let's let's yeah. Pre uh, pre cooking pot. Okay. Live bunny rabbits. I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Four and a half. Um, I think I'll probably actually be about the same. I think I think I'll do a four. Okay. Four four so, bunny rabbits. Well, see, so, uh, so you like this one then better than unfaithful. I did only because um, unfaithful just kind of. Left you feeling so icky for the most part. At least left me feeling kind of icky. Nice. Uh, This movie, yeah, it, you know, I was screaming at the TV again. Right. Um, But at least it was kind of, kind of like how the ending, you know, I didn't realize that wasn't the original ending. Yeah. But it's like, you just kind of, it's a closed ending, you know what happens, and it's like, okay, the bad guy, you know, got what well, the bad guy really didn't get what was coming to them because he still didn't get punished. Yeah, but you. It was know, it was a complete yeah it was a completed ending and it had an went, entertainment yeah. value to it. Unfaithful didn't have. Gotcha. So, well, we actually purchased this off of Amazon Prime. Yeah, this is one of those movies again where you can find pretty much anywhere. Oh yeah, your usual suspects. In fact, um, wasn't this the movie that we had the option to uh, we. You know, didn't do it, but to subscribe the Showtime and it yeah. was airing on Showtime. Oh like, yeah, nonstop practically. Yeah, so yeah. it's 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 crazy what we have access to anymore these days. It's like I know. I remember back in the day when we were watching the, you know, watching stuff on TV. You got to look in the TV guide, find out when it's airing, and get ready with that video, that cassette tape too. Right. Pop that cassette tape in there. Yep. If you have a VCR you can program, program it and yep. make sure nobody touches that thing. <laughs> right. So. But, yep. But uh, let's see. So we're going to end on a happy note for February Yay. instead of instead of it all being about cheating and murder and whatnot. So yes. we're going to end with While You Were Sleeping, uh, starring Sandra Bullock and yes. Bill Pullman. So. Oh, yeah. Bill Pullman. Yeah. I forgot who was in that. That's a good movie. I like that movie. Yeah. But then again, I'm I kind of personally am a fan of Sandra Bullock. Right. I really like her. I think she's a good actress. Yeah. And she's kind of she seems down to earth. Mm-hmm. She doesn't seem like your stereotypical kind of conceited, all full of themselves. You know, right? Always gonna hop up on a soapbox and tell you how you know how they feel like you should be and stuff. Right. So I like her. She's cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Oh yeah, thank you. All right, bye. All right, bye. <laughs>